welcome to the Dell Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell EMC Healthcare Power Chat. And today we're going to take a trip to EMEA and get the EMEA healthcare perspective. And our guest is Mr. James Norman, who's our EMEA Chief Information Officer for Healthcare. How are you doing today, James? Hi, I'm great, Bruce. Great to speak to you. And great to have you with us. Could we start with a little bit of your background, please? Sure. I joined EMC and Dell EMC five years ago after 24 years working within the NHS and the public sector in the UK. A number of different roles through finance, which is where I started with information, and then 15 years looking after IT and information departments in large hospitals before moving out into the private sector. Since moving out, I've been working primarily with large strategic transformations across health economies and also with the governments of different countries on helping them with their policy and strategy and ensuring that customers can understand the potential that's open to them as a healthcare organization rather than constantly keeping their head down under the sand and just looking at the here and now. When we think of EMEA, we think of Europe, but how would you define the EMEA region? Obviously, Europe is the core of it, but then it goes out into the Middle East. So we've got lots of healthcare organizations and lots of partners working out in the likes of Dubai and Qatar and Jordan and Kuwait and Turkey and Israel. So it's much more than just the UK or Germany and France, who everyone seems to talk about. We have Sweden, Switzerland, Norway, the Nordics. It's a very large region of lots of different countries. There are things which are unique to each of the countries. Even though we're we're all bound by European law on large-scale things, each country has its own policies, and we have to make sure that we're compliant with those whenever we're working in them. So as hard as it may be to generalize across EMEA, can you tell us what are the most important challenges facing healthcare customers across the EMEA region? One of the most important challenges has been due to cuts in funding. We've seen in each of the countries, austerity has been biting across Europe in different stages for quite some time now. And people have had to look at healthcare in terms of how they provide healthcare in a different way. Now, there isn't one model of care across EMEA. You have a mixture of fully funded by governments, uh, private sector payments. You've got combinations of the two. So there's no one way of working in terms of the private and public healthcare models. However, all are facing exactly the same challenges. There is an aging demographic. People are living longer. There's conditions we know more about. They're more complex. And the cost of care is increasing. So how do we continue to treat all these patients with less money in the pot? So this has forced people to start thinking differently in terms of how they provide care. So a lot of outreach programs to push care out of the hospitals into primary care environments where it's much cheaper and much more cost-effective for and much more beneficial for the patient not having to come into a hospital. How to use technology to a much greater effect to enable greater access to care, to let people know about changes in service, basically to try and prevent some of the waste that goes on in terms of missed appointments or people getting scheduling wrong or people taking short notice holidays and clinics having to be rearranged. All of these are avoidable and technology has a big part to play in helping to sort those out. People are realizing this now and we're seeing lots of investment across healthcare organizations across EMEA 
where they're recognising that actually investing in healthcare is the best way to save in the long run, and also at the same time improve patient outcomes, which are amongst the best in the world already for the amount that's spent on the population, but to improve them and bring them up to a very high standard so that they can continue to compete with the new changing demographics and the new disease demographics that we're seeing can improve. James, what are the trends in healthcare IT that you are seeing in terms of new technologies and how are they being deployed? So we're seeing a big surge of digital pathology. Now, this isn't a new technology. This is something that's been around for quite some time. However, when it first came onto the market, the cost of deploying it was so great that healthcare organizations just could not justify the investment they've been made. Plus, the storage requirements for retaining slides at the moment, they, they would still have to do that. So they were, they were almost doubling up on the workload. However, in the last two to three years, we've now seen big advances in processing power, reductions in the cost of storage. We've seen people tackle the likes of the need for clinical adoption versus research adoption in digital pathology. And a lot more is known about digital pathology in terms of the cost benefits, where the opportunities are to start providing remote training to improve diagnostics by bringing in machine learning for pattern recognition, etc. And outcomes, or should I say diagnostic outcomes, are certainly higher now when you bring in machine learning than reliance on a clinician who's already done an eight-hour day staring at a slide and starting to see spots when they're squares. You know, machine learning and pattern recognition, they can carry on all the way through the night. 24-7, and they can spot things that a human just would miss on occasion. People are now recognising that actually, even though there is a cost associated with investing in it, the savings to be made and the improvements in patient care are significant. They far offset the cost involved. Where else are you seeing AI and machine learning playing a role in healthcare across EMEA? They've seen a lot of studies now over the last few years around the potential to embed machine learning in more than just the clinical diagnostics, but also things like scheduling, being more intelligent in how we get throughput of patients through the system in terms of the management of the hospitals and the facilities that are being run. So there's much more adoption taking place. It's a reuse of systems rather than just one system suits all. Of course, the main one that people focus on is diagnostics and use of machine learning for diagnostics to support clinicians in treating the patient. We don't see the removal of clinicians in our lifetime, I have to say. However, we do see decision support with machine learning and AI coming in more and more to provide that secondary support mechanism to clinicians much faster than they would normally have. Any other trends you're seeing? Another area is in virtual reality, and we're seeing a lot of use cases hit from support in terms of replacing anesthetics in surgery, where patients are actually wearing virtual reality goggles with pre-programmed scenarios on there to help distract them from what's going on around them. And these are very effective. We're also being used out in the community as well, the same type of program for pain relief for patients who are chronic uh, pain sufferers to try and wean them off the drug dependencies and the opioids. These are working very effectively. But also in helping to plan for surgery, helping clinicians to understand the operations they're going to have. And then when you overlay that with augmented reality, actually in the theatre, being able to bring secondary input in from clinicians and secondary 
can be information from work that you've pre-worked up in advance of actually carrying out the operation and having that visibly in front of you whilst you're carrying out the operation is very powerful. And certain clinicians who have trialled that find that much more reassuring to have key information to hand and visible without having to stop the operation and go away and consult. So having that input is very effective, certainly in terms of outcomes to patients. James, when we spoke earlier, we talked about an overarching trend that's growing across EMEA. Can you tell us about that? The one which is most prominent and is most generic across the whole area is that of the collaboration platforms. These have different names from healthcare, data repositories, data lakes, research platforms, digital innovation hubs. We're seeing lots of different names for them in different countries. Essentially, what they are is a pooling of the data using policy to manage the granularity of who can access what data, how the data can be stored, how the data can be used, building on the repository, a data analytics engine and a governance engine, being able to factor in collaborative workspaces for clinicians, not just within one organisation, but cutting across health economy boundaries and even geographical boundaries. This has been led mainly from the research side because of the investments around genomics and pathogens, and but it is now starting to find its way into the main hospitals in terms of working practice through supporting things like multidisciplinary team discussions, clinicians to share information in a secure, safe environment about the treatment of patients, as well as to be able to bring in research for how they will actually carry out an operational or translational medicine support from formula right through to the bedside and the treatment of patients and be able to monitor the outcomes. People are recognising that actually investment in this type of technology, one, helps to bring different health economies together and organisations within those health economies together. It provides a secure mechanism for improving healthcare by using the results of thousands and millions of operations that have been carried out locally and worldwide to get a greater understanding about what works, what doesn't, what drugs react well, what drugs don't react well, to bring in genome sequencing to start tailoring the care from a full wellness model right down to personalised care for an individual. So this is the start and we're seeing lots of investment happen now in that area. This concludes part one of our podcast. Please check back for part two where James discusses GDPR and other healthcare regulations, security, especially cyber threats, Dell's products, services, and perception across EMEA, where to find more information, and final thoughts.